Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gone Bridge Podcast, episode 43. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clawson and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today? I can tell Steve's ready for this thing. He's got the going post-trade deadline episode. We'll oh, fire yeah. it up. We're ready to go. Gardner's drinking something over there. I don't know. Looks Everybody's like juicing up. What you got going, Gardner? I got a drinkable yogurt. Get me some high-protein rich... Uh... What do we got? Uh, no GMO added, so I'm really just feeling that this is that, morning. Is that a free ad, Gardner? Might have been. I'm drinking generic yogurt brand one. No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> Steve, how, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, and I have mixed feelings about what the Red Sox have been up to as of late. Why? Why? About how they do what? What, what what happened? Were there just some games that you feel? There were, there were a couple, a couple games that I was you know, not a fan of personally. Mm. And there was a deadline that actually just passed. Trade deadline ended or Uh-oh. arrived rather yesterday at 4 p.m. That's uh, maybe troubling to me. I don't know if you guys are as troubled as I am in terms of what the Red Sox did at said deadline. But we'll talk about it. But for now, maybe we should talk about the series that just occurred between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees, as well as the Boston Red Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Uh, yeah, so trying to think where we left off last time. It was what was the beginning of the Yankees series last Thursday? Last yeah, first Friday? game was Thursday. Thursday through Sunday. Sox took three out of four should have been four out of four right yeah might have choked on saturday they, they might have choked but the yankees also might have choked on sunday the yankees kind of kind of evened out if the Sox choked on saturday then the yankees were like choking face turning purple on sunday well Carlson, was, yeah you were at the game right break it down yeah. for us what that was, was maybe on? like the single worst choke job i've ever seen and i watched the super the 28-3 Super Bowl. And like, I don't know. The Yankees one is up there. It's up there. But yep, so I was there on Sunday. I was in center field, had some great seats. Um, I was surrounded by Yankee fans. So um, except for there were some dudes sitting behind me. There was like six of them that were all enjoying the enjoying the game very responsibly. Mm-hmm. And in the first inning. Were they sucking one? They were sucking a few. Okay. And um <laughs> And uh, first inning comes around, and every time Martin Perez would strike somebody out, they would start barking. So um, barking like dog, barking. yes, like a dog. Like Wait, can sticks. you reenact it? Yeah, like, I'm not sure what you mean. Yeah, what do you like, mean by that? Like <laughs> all six of them. What like, what, what kind of dog? What kind of dog would you most closely compare their barks to? Like, I'm thinking like Doberman here. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, big I can... aggressive dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were they called they themselves were getting... like the dog pound or something, huh? Did they call themselves like the dog pound or something? Um, I didn't get I didn't get into that, but they were uh, they were throwing some some funny chants out there. That's they what we're calling them. They said that Nomar would. They said, well, actually, they said Jeter was a phony. Oh, so I had to wow. I had to turn around and and agree with them on that one. Totally, it's true. It's accurate. Well, they they said it, and somebody was like, no, 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 that's too far. 
And I turned around. I was like, nah, that's not too far. Jeter did you have the shirt on? Huh? I did, did have the shirt have the on. you have the shirt on? I had a couple people ask me what it was. Go buy the five is greater than two shirt. I also had one guy unsolicitedly, unsolicited tell me that it was a great shirt. So which that's is. any endorsement. Which it is. It, it is. It is. It great is. Shirt. So anyway, yeah. Um, dudes behind me were barking. Yankee fans were freaking out. Um, like they scored a run and it was like, they won the world series and then Gary Sanchez hit a triple and like one of them almost had like a heart attack. Scary. Never seen Gary Sanchez. Standby. Uh-huh. Been on standby. If they're getting that excited. I mean, yeah, they, they needed something to cheer about. Yeah. Eh. And then the big thing of the afternoon was Domingo German had German through seven innings. And nobody, nobody wanted to talk about wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Well, you know who did want to talk about it, right? When he had a no-hitter through seven? Yeah. I wanted to talk about it. And I said, Domingo German, uh, Domingo German's going to throw no-hitter, which abruptly got broken because everything I say that's going to happen, well, I jinx everything that's going to happen. So that, that, was, uh, that was immediately a turnaround. However, I didn't think that they'd actually win that game. I was thinking maybe a hit. But maybe, but yeah, no, I, I kept trying to get Yankee fans to talk about it. They didn't want any of it. So I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, Dougie, you let off the eighth with a double, right? Yeah. I was going to say eighth inning comes around and uh, Verdugo rips a ball right out towards me. And, uh, you know, it just started from there. It was Verdugo ripped a double. And then I think Renfro ripped one down the line and then Vasquez hit a single, and then Franchi got in on the action. Was, uh, so how pumped were you for that? If Fran- I mean, he poked one right up the middle. I was like, if Franchi's getting in on this, then this is just – I don't a- think that was the only thing poking up the middle when that happened. No, no, no. But it was just like the green light. Would, once Franchi hit that ball up the middle, it was just like the green light was just flashing as bright as it could in the batter's box for the Red Sox. Because um, then Kike got on, and then – yeah, Kike was the the tying run, and I have never seen Kike so excited to cross home plate. That was a pretty pretty electric. Uh, yeah, him and the umpire were like hugging it out. Kike yeah. swimming so fast, umpire didn't even know where to go. Yeah, yeah I think Bogarts. I think it was Bogarts popped one up to right, and like I saw the right fielder like wasn't in a very good spot. Like he was camped under it, and he made a good throw, but Kike was just too fast, yeah. slid in under the well, tag. Kike, Kike likes to bang, so I mean that he makes does. sense. He does. And that definitely so, falls under the category of banging. Of banging, yes. It did. So he risked it all, and he, he got the run. And I don't know. Fenway just exploded. And then like, Matt Barnes came in. And uh, Giancarlo Stanton was 0 for 4 on the day, or 0 for 3 on the day. So I was really John Yankee fans that he was due um, and that they had the right man at the plate for the job. And then he actually hit a single. So I kind of I kind of ate it there. but Yeah, that's tough. Whatever. It is what it is. Could have been worse. Uh, but yeah, the Sox took the W. Awesome. Um, are, are you aware that Franchi Cordero is hitting 304 over the last seven games? In the- I mean, I believe it. The dude is raking. Yeah, what, over nine at bats? Uh, let's see. 23. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Frenchman's turned it around. The Frenchman has turned it around, and he's going to have to turn it around if he wants to. Uh, he wants to stay on the roster there there's a especially with Danny Santana and Marwin coming back I'm I'm curious to see who's going to stay up 
who's going to stay down, who might like, we might even see a little DFA action on one of them. Uh, yeah, what position they're going to play. So now we got that too. Uh, going to talk about it. Shortly. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the, to the juicy stuff in a minute. Cause but, uh, do you guys see that this happened during the Yankee series, right? Might've been the Toronto series where Jaron Duran hit the inside the park home run. I was against Toronto. That was, that was the game yeah, one. Toronto series. Game two. I, I was like maybe maybe the most electric inside the park home run I'd awesome. seen. I think that they rescored it. They did, unfortunately. Yeah, a triple and an error. Uh, my question, well, not my question. One thing I realized was like, so Duran, I feel like kind of at the beginning of twenty twenty, kind of came onto the scene more. Like we were like, all right, this kid could probably be a starting outfielder for the for the major league team, and the key attribute that we were all looking forward to. I mean, we saw it in Worcester was like, man, this kid can hit for power. And since he's been up, like he's got a home run, but the power is not what has stood out to me at all. I don't know if this guy is just like the biggest hustler on earth or if his speed was just kept like as the best seeker ever, but like he is like the next Jacoby Ellsbury. Like he's, he's fast. so fast. Yeah. When I was, I, um, the inside the park home run. I mean, he was booking it. And I was looking, I, I got like the ESPN notification after about the score. And it said that his home run went 303 feet. And I was like, if anybody wasn't watching the game and saw that he hit a 303 foot home run, I'm like, there's just no way. It must have been like, oh, it must be in Yankee Stadium. Whatever. Something like that. Yeah. Short porch. Yeah. Literally. But, but I think that one double that was uh, like a single up the middle, outfielders were just too deep hustled all the way to second kid uh kid's looking good he's looking good he's looking good yeah i mean his average is a little bit lower than i'm where i'd like it to be but i mean you can't you expect him played what how many games he played not a ton not also a ton. you can't expect you can't expect him to come up and hit three 320 with you know eight home runs in his first month like he's he's gonna have to get a little acclimated exactly. uh he's doing fine he can obviously compete at the level uh he's he's got the grit which is more than i can say about you know half the players in major league baseball so uh i like what i'm seeing so far from him he's it's safe he's, to say he's impacting the game quite a bit i would say he he scores on the alex score impact scale yeah for sure absolutely um so yeah so three out of four from the yankees again what does that bring the season record to are we 10 and three against them i think <laughs> Yeah, something like that. Nine, nine and three, three, eleven and two. I think maybe nine. And oh, wait, no, I think we're uh, ten and three. I think it's. I think they've lost three because they lost two in the Bronx last time, and they just lost one. It's a lot to a little. I'll tell you that it is a lot to a little. That is the important thing. Yeah, and the Yankees really don't stand a chance against the Red Sox, but that's kind of like beating a dead horse. Because everybody seven, knows that. Even the seven eight, and a half games out, they've made small strides. Yeah. But seven and a half games is, is quite a lot of games to catch up on. And they've only made those small strides in thanks to the Toronto Blue Jays for just Humbling. destroying our starting pitching over the past two games. The Toronto yeah, Blue good. Jays like to do that sometimes. They like to hit a lot. Of when, the, when they when it rains, it pours. Actually, wait, did the Blue Jays play their first game at home? Did they get back to the Rogers Center yet? 
They might have. I think. I think they did. I think they did too. Also, real quick, this just popped in my head. Did John Lester also get traded to the Cardinals? Did he really? Yeah, I just saw. When did that. he get on the move? Who was he on before? Who was he with before? He was uh, on the Nationals. No, oh, he's, he's on, on the Nationals. Nationals, right. yeah. Yeah. Well, the Nationals. Or Nationals, man. Nationals or Juan Soto. Yeah. Do we we have anything else to say about the games this week? I mean, we lost the first game in Tampa last night. Yada yada yada. We got a half game lead in first place. You know, you guys all know that. I'm sure. Do yeah. Short term. Other- short term memory with this Blue Jays and Rays series. Actually, the Rays series still has a ways to go. But short term memory with the Blue Jays series. They just they just wrecked. We got two more games against Tampa, and if we're able to hold a first-place lead, I would consider that a success because, as I said two or three episodes ago, this two-and-a-half-week stretch was going to be where we saw if the team was actually for real. We had a series against the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Blue Jays, and then the Rays. And, I I mean, if we split the next two with Tampa, we're still going to be in first place. So I think as long as we do that, consider it a success because then we got, got a nice series against Detroit coming up. We got a nice little – well, we got more Toronto, more Tampa, but then we got Baltimore, a little Texas, Minnesota. So it kind of eases up later into August. So And we got some more off days. We got uh, five off days this month. So – You got the Guardians later in the month? Yeah. The, with... the Pablo Sandoval-led Guardians. Uh, he's, guess... on the, he's on the Guardians now? Yeah. Two. I guess what? that's the good time as any to just transition into the – Yeah. Well, right yeah. I mean – the the guardians really falling apart. We can we can segue into this if we like, but Tito has stepped down. They now have Pablo Sandoval. They changed their name. It's just a it's a bad week to be a Guardians fan. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, I mean, not where I thought we would start the trade deadline talk <laughs> for sure. But the start, it, start at the on, bottom, Steve. Betting on start at the bottom of the barrel. High on that being the starting point. The Atlanta Braves have completely remade their outfield. Um. They traded Pablo Sandoval, which is an interesting locker move because apparently because yeah, he's like their best cheerleader. Like, yeah, about the panda hugs and all that other like oh, I cannot stand him. <laughs> so I mean that's weird that they did that, but I don't think the Braves are really gonna do anything without one Ronald Acuna Jr. and also Mike Soroka, Max Freed, all out. Yeah, so I mean I guess Marcel, do whatever you, know. you can. I mean, somebody said it to me yesterday while I uh, was golfing and playing terribly. I had one decent hole, and he said, you can put makeup on a dead body, but it's still a dead body. And that's kind of what the Braves are looking like to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's just interesting because um, the Braves know that the NL, NL, uh, NL East is open. I mean, obviously – We've got so much to dive into here. I feel like I just think of something that's another topic. But the Mets trading for Javier Baez, that's a big push. The Mets also trading for Rich Hill. Like, what the hell are the Rays doing? Are they buyers? Are they sellers? They sold a lot of their bullpen arms. Yeah. Like they their don't... closer is straight up just gone now. Or well, closer... Yeah, who do they have? They have that guy, uh, Fire Scene, who they got for Adamas earlier in the year. Yeah. I think he might close. Um. But, yeah, and so, like, I think the Braves there just feel like they have a chance to make the push at the playoffs because the division's so weak. Yeah, I mean, if you're the Braves, though, like, you were in such a good position coming out of 2020, and then you kind of just got – You literally stuck were with one this... 
one game away from the World Series. Right? You got stuck with this Acuna injury, and then it's just kind of all falling apart from there. So I feel like it would be – like they can't be sellers because they're not. Oh, no. They're just uh, yeah. unlucky. They can't yeah. blow it up. because They next- can't blow it up. They need to make a push because they're a competitive team. But at the same time, they're just not going to win a World yeah. Series. I mean, I like the moves they make, getting a guy like Eddie Rosario – Marcel, geez, not a, not Marcelo Zuna. Uh, definitely not. Uh, Adam Duvall. Who did they? Did they also get another guy? I, yeah, they got like another outfielder. They have like three new outfielders now. Um, yeah, so we'll see what the Braves, but I don't know if you guys really want to hear us talk that much about the Braves. Yeah, I, I don't either. No, there's, there's, there's uh, bigger say, fish to fry in this trade. Right, market. the Marlins like, traded uh, should we just Starling Marte. The top right? one. Speaking of fish. Yeah, we should probably like, we're kind of wasting our time with Starling Marte here. There was a lot of a lot of good players that were traded at this deadline. So let's just like fire them off. Starling Marte from the Marlins to the Athletics. The Marlins now have five young starting pitchers that can all be really good. The Marlins rotation is looking so scary. Yeah. Two years. Catch me in 2024 when they have five bona fide aces. That's going to be awesome. So who do they have? Sixto Sanchez, Taylor Rogers, Lazardo. Yeah. Uh, that was the guy who got traded for Marte. <clears throat> Gertie's a little, uh, a little shaky on the connection right now, but we're going to power through. That Madcom Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. boy. Not great. Coming that just cut out? Mm, a little bit, but we're fine. Uh, whatever. So, we got Sean Marte uh, trying to hit a couple more smaller ones before we hit the really big one. Chris Bryant to the Giants. That was known that, that he was going to go somewhere. I didn't really expect he was going to go to the Giants, but that interests me. Also, I want to give a quick shout-out to Nationals fans and Cubs fans. Because I – well, more so the Cubs fans – well, honestly, both of them, because they both won World Series in the past five years. But I feel for you guys. You just literally blew up your entire core. Uh, yeah, Javi and to the Mets, Kimbrel to the south side, Tapera also, also to the south side. side. And two separate trades, which is weird, but cool, I guess. Um, and the, the Cubs move, swinging it back to the Cubs move, the, the Javi Baez trade I did not see coming. I thought oh, they were going to hold on. I thought they were going to hold I, on to him. Yeah. I thought that he was like their corner piece that they were going to hang on to for five years while they rebuilt. But I guess not. I mean, I expected Bryant to go. I expected Rizzo to go. But Javi, Bi- I mean, he said a couple of days ago he wants to play with Lindor. Now they have quite the middle infield duo going. But two of the most overrated. I, I was going to say maybe gonna the most that. overrated middle infield duo. But I think I've always said that I think Javier Baez is the most overrated player in baseball. Uh, I think double play exchanges are going to be so unnecessarily <laughs> fancy. Like they're going to flip the ball to each other like six different times. Well, the guy running to first has already been on first for six, like six straight minutes. They're just flipping it back and forth, trying to, you know, put on a little show in the middle infield. It's just going to be really unnecessary. But Lindor is not even playing right now. So. Javi's going to have to slide into shortstop and then probably move over to second. And Javier Baez's contract is up after this season. Um, so we'll see if the Mets even, you know, re-sign him. Yeah, but if- Mets fans, Jeff McNeil's pretty good second baseman. So I don't know what you're going to do with him. I don't know. Who's if he- the Mets? Why well, can't I think of who, who the Mets third baseman is? Maybe you stick him. 
I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, he might play third. To be honest, yeah, I mean the Mets going all in is a little surprising to me. They have the same record as the Yankees, which I, well, didn't I mean, realize. that just shows the the difference in the divisions, like the AL East. And we'll get into this. Like every team was making moves and that's because the AL East is so competitive. So good. Felt like every team, but one was making big moves. Right. Yeah. No, the Baltimore Orioles were awfully quiet at the deadline. You're right. Yeah. Not really what I meant, but I did <laughs> hang on to two guys that were rumored to be sent out but the Orioles were obviously extremely reluctant to deal them and that's John Means and Trey Mancini even though they both probably held pretty good value for I mean on the trade block John Means he's, is a bona fide ace I think I think he's that's close I, I need to see a little more with him uh without the sticky stuff but yeah yes. that's fair also, I'm just realizing now that Rizzo, Bryant, and Baez were all free agents after this year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Then, so, so that was going to get blown up anyway in the offseason. Yeah. No yeah way Craig way. went to the south side. Uh, so everybody in the Cubs is just gone. Yeah. And the Washington yeah. Nationals trade the Washington Nationals to the Los Angeles <laughs> Dodgers. In a, in a puzzling move. Yeah. I mean, if you, I were, s- if you guys remember – the 2019 Nationals were not a good first half team, and they just went on an absolute tear in the second half. And I mean, they weren't going to do it again. Yeah, they were. But, they were a little bit ahead of where they were now. But right, I I got trading Scherzer, and we talked about like a month ago. You remember I brought up I was like, would you trade Eddie Rodriguez for Max Scherzer? And that was when the Na- the Nationals had like a two or three week stretch there where things kind of turned around. They were looking better, and then they just, like, flew off the table the last three weeks. Soto's been hot recently. He has been. That's interesting. The, pu- the puzzling move here for me is not trading Max Scherzer. It's trading Trey Turner. They're yeah. both free agents this, after this year, though. Yeah, but, like – I thought Turner had a couple of years of arbitration left. That's what I thought. I think, it, I think he has arbitration in 2022. Maybe, but I don't know. Either but, way, Gardner's right. Puzzling I, move. I, I just wasn't expecting Trey Turner. Uh, Puzzling yeah, for the Trey, Dodgers. Trey too. Turner's got another year of arbitration next year. It's and not yeah. like the Dodgers need him either. Well, like I, they, I think that. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, his natural position shortstop, and Corey Seager's not going anywhere. You can play I don't know who they have. in center field, though. Who's in center field for them? Bellinger? Yeah, but you yeah, can move Bellinger play. over to left because Pollock, I guess you could slide Pollock to the bench. Well, let it's me. Pretty... I'm trying to let me find. So, Trey Turner's already 28. Wow. The Dodgers received Scherzer and Turner, and the Nationals received uh, Kbert Ruiz, Josiah oh. Gray, oh yeah, Donovan Casey, and uh, Gerardo Carrillo. Don't know a lot about those last two guys, but Ruiz is supposed to be pretty decent. I assume the other guys are pretty highly touted if they're getting traded for a Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, so. I got to think so. I mean, I will say, though, that for, like, what I saw on Twitter, I'm not the biggest, like, prospect guy. I keep up with the Red Sox pretty well, but I know there are people in general who know the ins and outs of every farm system. Like, I'm just not that guy. I don't keep up with that. But a lot of people are saying that for the amount of talent the the Dodgers got and essentially two, two superstars, two of best, like, top tier of their position guys that they didn't give up like that, that much. 
You would and think I mean, you'd have to include a guy like Gavin Lux in that trade. That's what I, I was honestly expecting Lux. I was expecting maybe Dustin May to head over. But not quite. Not quite. Um, kind of a rental. It's a lot to give up for a rental. Extreme rental. I don't think that they're yeah. going to resign Trey Turner. I think it's going to be a Manny well, Machado. I don't, I don't think they're going to resign Manny Machado. Well, I don't think Manny Machado. He's on the Padres. No, they, they, yeah. Remember when they traded for him? And oh, then, right, right, right. And then lost the World Series when he got on his knees for Chris Sale and lost. Yeah, uh, yeah. precisely. Well, I, I've kind of got a hot take here. What? Um, well, I think this about signals the end of the Corey Seager era in L.A. You think they're going to roll with Trey Turner? I, I do. Well, Corey Seager's a free agent after the year. Trey Turner's got another year of arbitration. Just looking at that, I don't even think that makes the take that hot. You already got your shortstop locked up for next year. That's Trey Turner. Like, can you even afford? You can't uh, afford anything technically, but because baseball stupid luxury tax rule and no salary cap, you have teams like the Dodgers trading for whoever they want at any given time. Like, I don't understand how it works. The, the yeah. fact that they're, they have four Cy Young winners in their rotation now, or well, like in their organization, you have Clayton Kershaw, you have Max Scherzer, you have David Price, you have the other guy who is not on the team right now, who I'm not saying his name because he's, you know who he is. Uh, and then, you know, you also got guys, you have Walker Bueller, who's arguably their best pitcher right now. You yeah. also have Dustin May, Julio Urias, Tony Gonzalez. You got Kenley Jansen, Joe Kelly in the bullpen, Bruce Gatterall. I know he hasn't had a good year, but like you got all those guys. And then the lineup's just as insane. You got multiple MVPs. You got <laughs> Bellinger. You got the Betts. You got Clawson Sneezing. You got. <laughs> that's an that's uh, underrated piece right there. Most people yeah, overlook honestly, that one. People really do overlook that. Uh, you got Albert Pujols, who I know hasn't been insane in a decade, but you still have Albert Pujols. You have Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, who is a utility guy who made the all star team. Justin Turner, AJ Pollock, like they, the list goes MVPs? on. Four MVPs. Isn't does Max Scherzer have an MVP? Yes, he does. Yeah, so they have four MVPs too. And uh, Clayton Kershaw, Cody Bellinger. No, no, no. Kershaw's got the MVP. Kershaw's got the MVP. Max Scherzer doesn't have one either. Okay, well they have no, four so. combined MVPs because Kershaw has two, doesn't he? Uh, no. Well, Bellinger bets Pujols. Oh, Pujols. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. But like. And, and the fact is, is that these are guys who have came, like, came in to replace guys who were already insane. They had Matt Kemp. They had Adrian Gonzalez. They had Carl Crawford, Puig, like Andre Ethier. Uh, you know, they've just been so good. Like Juan Uribe. Uh, they had Grandal there for a while. Russell Myers. Like, they been, have been so good. They've been the biggest advocates for money is no object in the league for the past like eight years they've actually succeeded unlike the yankees like the yeah. yankees are the are the money is no object franchise but they don't do anything with it the yeah, dodgers the, actually win the dodgers the dodgers make it work better than the yankees like totally they well the big thing is we can talk all about the dodgers and spending and everything but like they they're still the top organization at developing prospects too and that's the key here that's they're why they're able to get all these good. guys yeah, right. their, their farm is always good. I also want to bring up real quick that Corey Seager is a year younger than Trey Turner. Yeah. So I think Corey Seager overall, when healthy, is the better shortstop. It's close, in my opinion. But I, I personally like Corey Seager better. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I could see Corey Seager headed 
out of LA. I don't know where, but moving out, moving out. Maybe do a team like uh, I. I don't know. I don't know. Seattle Mariners. Honestly, Seattle yeah, maybe. They made the move. His brother. Exciting. They made oh, moves. Kyle Seager. Uh, anyway, the, the team that we've literally yet to talk about uh, is the Boston Red Sox. The San Francisco Giants. Right. Great. Yes, Chris Bryant. Shocker move. I did not see that one coming. I was thinking he was going to the Mets. I was thinking he was going like I kind of didn't expect the Giants to be buyers. Like I kind of expected them to just stand pat. Well, I mean, they should be buyers, but like yeah. there was no rumbling about them being like seriously in on these big guys to make a World Series. I, and all were, of a sudden, they were in on Max Scherzer and Barrios. Yeah, it didn't seem as legitimate as like the Padres and the Dodgers, though. Well, that's just because you're thinking about the track record and that like the Padres went out and got like guys in the past and the Dodgers like recently and the Dodgers have as well. And the giants are kind of just new on the scene this year. So I think they were in just as much as anybody else. It's fair. They were quiet. I mean, I guess that's just same thing. They were just quiet about it. And then boom, they dropped Chris Bryant. Yeah. Who knows how in, any of these teams really are like nobody knows how in you are you're only really in if you get the guy right right exactly um so the boston red sox last week we were speculating who they're going to trade for there's a lot of talk about anthony rizzo there's a lot of talk about starting pitching wait where did rizzo go so the red sox go out easy i think he he headed down to the bayou yes he's with the balloons now Right. Yeah. Him and Joey Gallo. Yep. Yep. Big balloon right. guys. The New York Yankees. I'm not even mad about it. I'm not mad about it. It's just, it's, they're kind of just like, a not like irrelevant moves, but all, all, with Joey Gallo, I think we, we talked about this. So I, at least the three of us talked about it a little bit when it happened, but you're just adding a discount Giancarlo Stanton, a guy that only hits into the shift. And when he doesn't, he pokes it over the fence. And then strikes out every other time. Yeah, Gallo's not the one who really like. I, once they got Gallo, I was like, "All right, who cares?" Rizzo, Rizzo for two reasons. One, like I, I had said last episode, I wanted the Red Sox to get him, but I wasn't like I didn't want to give up too much, um, which you know didn't didn't even happen. But I was just shocked that he went to the Yankees in the first place because we had heard nothing about that. There were no rumors. There was nothing. It was like. He's going to Boston or he's not getting traded. Like, that was it. Yeah. Um, I was in the party where I would think that the Yankees were satisfied with Luke Voigt at first base. Yeah. But they're not. They're apparently not. And then also, um, yeah, that, that was honestly just the surprising part for me. Um, you know what the kicker about these two trades is? The Yankees are paying these guys zero dollars. Mm-hmm. Right now, the the Rangers are covering Joey Gallo's contract, and the Cubs are covering Joey Gallo or Anthony Rizzo's contract. That's really generous of the because Rangers to do both of them. Yeah, because they're getting better prospects in return. And right. according to Yankee fans on Twitter, oh my gosh, that good. They're not that good. We yeah, uh, in our Twitter, they were they were all over. They're like, guys, well, the Yankees can't even de- develop the prospects, so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Like, it'll just it doesn't matter. We're giving up a bag of balls for these guys. Like, 
like you're still giving up top 10 prospects, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. Like maybe they're not going to be the next Aaron judge, but they could be better than Brett Gardner. So yeah. The fact that they're bar Gardner, it's a low bar. Brett Gardner. Eight. Right. Exactly. It stinks. <laughs> the other thing to talk about in terms of these two guys is that they're lefty bats and in Yankee stadium, a lefty bat that averages 15 home runs a year not saying that Joey Gallo averages 15 home runs a year because he averages far more than that. And lefty bat that averages 15 a year. If you put him in Yankee Stadium, especially if he's a pole hitter, he's going to bump that number up quite a few, quite a few bombs because right field in Yankee Stadium is no less than, or no more rather than a stone's throw away from home plate. Yeah, just, I heard that they had, they hosted a little league game there and kids were just hitting oppo shots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the Red Sox did make a trade, though. They made a few. They made a few. The Red Sox, the big trade, Kyle Schwarber is coming to Boston. This is exciting to me uh, for a number of reasons. However, Steve, I know you got some stuff to say about it. But uh, I, I'm excited. Oops, I just muted myself. Sorry. Uh, I'm excited. I like Kyle Schwarber when he's when he's healthy. The problem is that he's currently on the 10-day injured list, for those who don't know. So he's going to uh, be out for a little bit before he uh, slots into the Red Sox lineup. He's a great bat. He adds a lot of depth to the lineup. The question is, is just like, where is he going to play? Like, this guy's played one career game at first base. He came up the minor leagues as a catcher, uh, but he hasn't really caught that much. And I saw people saying like, oh, well, he'll be the catcher and you'll move Vasquez to first base. And it's like, yeah, no, it's not that easy, especially when Vasquez has known this pitching staff in and out since 2015. Like, that's not going to happen. No, here's what they're going to do. Here's what they're going to do. Schwerber's going to catch, right? Because he yep. came up as a catcher. Right. He hasn't caught in like a long time consistently. Right. Yeah. So that'll be fine, obviously. That'll be fine. Right. This is just MLB the show where you can slot guys in. Not right. Like- as long as it, as long as their secondary positions are set, it's fine. Yeah. And then Christian Vasquez, well known for taking ground balls at second base. Well known. In third base. He, he had a hot shot hit to him the other night. Hey man, he's always taking balls with Bogarts at short in warm-ups. Yeah. So, so he's we're always just down there. Second. Proven middle infielder. If Kike can play anywhere, obviously. Yeah. Super utility. Put him wherever. Well, so can wherever. so can Kevin Ploiecki, yeah. all star pitcher. He pitched last night. He pit, yeah, two nights ago. He apparently in his ago. last, he's pitched six games in the last like four of them. He's pitched four and two thirds innings and given up zero runs. Yeah, wild. Kind of, a, kind of a take. The man, the man, the pace when he pitches is wonderful. He just like he's firing balls in their left. He's in there to throw baseballs. All right, <laughs> that's that's what he's in there. For. He's just trying. He's just he's in there so he doesn't get fined. So I mean, Kyle Schwarber. Does it move the needle for me? Does it? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a soft yet solid. No. It doesn't move the needle for me. A soft needle. Because as Gardner said, he's an outfielder. And it looked to me for a hot second here that our outfield was going to be somewhat set. But I mean he's depth. We didn't give up an insane prospect for him. No. Can he play first base? Who knows? Maybe. Hanley Ramirez could play first base. True. Maybe Kyle Schwarber can too. Hanley Ramirez also played left field. 
Yeah. Not well, but he and did. Play. He was out there for sure. It makes you think, though, about the future of these guys and position battles now. Christian Arroyo's hurt right now, but if he comes back and decides to stay healthy for once in his career. Is he allowed to do that? I don't know. Maybe somebody should tell him. He usually plays second base. If he comes in, he can't really play anywhere but second base. Again, because he might get hurt. Right. And if Arroyo's healthy, he kind of earned some ABs in this system. Kike has been great in center field, so you can't really justify not putting him back in center field. That leaves Hunter Renfro, who also is justified very much so, getting some ABs and being our everyday right fielder. Alex Verdugo is a guy that you simply, no matter how he's performing, you can't take him out of the lineup. And Jaron Duran is not hitting great right now. So do you is he the odd man out? Do you just say Jaron Duran, thank you for that, you know, cool couple, cool couple weeks that you gave us. It was fun. Maybe he'll be a pinch runner in the postseason. And then he's just an a sometimes guy. Oh, yeah. Uh and yeah, it's well, here's the thing. You can never have too many hitters. You can never have too many pitchers. But I see where you're coming from right now is when all these guys are healthy, who's the odd man out? I would think it's got to be Christian Arroyo at this point. But Christian Arroyo, when he's healthy, is yeah. he's great. He's yeah. borderline great. I know. Well, then who do you take out? Kike? Like, Durant, you... Durant is the, well, Durant's the right. last guy in the pecking order. You know what I mean? Absolutely, Jaron Durant. And I, I don't think that you can move, you can't move Kike. No, not at all. Arroyo once he's back gets the the primary spot at second base, and then Schwarber. I know he's new, but he's a proven guy. Duran hasn't done much yet. Yeah. So when well, it comes think... to the postseason, like, would you rather have Kyle Schwarber, who's won a World Series before, or would you rather have Jaron Duran, who hasn't played more than like ten games in the majors? Well, yeah, I'd definitely rather have Kyle Schwarber. I think ideally your outfield is looking like uh, Verdugo in left, Kike in center, Renfro in right, and then you got Devers, Bogarts, Arroyo, and Schwarber at first. Like, yeah. And then maybe on the bench, on the bench you got Duran, you got Dahlbeck, and you got either Franchi or Marwin. And then I think Santana those, I think those guys are moon. like I would feel comfortable in a playoff game. You bring up Marwin Gonzalez in the plate or in the field. No, and then, not to the plate. Not to the, not to the plate. plate. In the field. In the field is fine. <laughs> I feel all right with him in the field. And then, you know, Duran, same thing. You need a pinch runner. Dave Roberts type situation. Quentin Berry. Quentin Berry, exactly. Well, I think that another few things that are important to bring up in terms of Kyle Schwerber and what we can use him for is that Christian Arroyo has made it abundantly clear that not everybody can play first base. Not yeah. it's not for everyone. You think that it's easy. It's not. Bobby D over there is looking pretty good on the defensive end, even though I believe the first base defense on the Red Sox is linked, is ranked at a lowly 15th in the AL. So not great. Not great at all. Can Kyle Schwerber make us worse than 15th in the AL? Statistically? No, he can't. He can't. But is it going to Pass, is he going to pass the eye test in terms of what he can scoop out of the ground when Rafi's big scoops is just deciding wherever he wants to throw the ball is wherever he wants to throw the ball? Because that's an issue that you have to think about. And yeah. he's, how tall is Kyle Schwarber? He's like 6'3". 
Is he that tall? Is he... maybe, no, actually, you know what? He might be a little shorter. Not. I don't think he's tall. Let me look it up real quick because this is gonna this is gonna be a good he's point. Six six feet. He's six foot flat. Big Bob, on the other hand, is a cool six four. That's a four inch difference, and who knows how different their wingspans are. Frenchy Cordero is six three too. That's a big target difference. It's a big target tag. So, I mean, Kyle Schwarber also has played 72 games this season and he has a lot of home runs, but those all came within like three weeks. I think he just was really, really hot for three weeks and hit like 20 home runs. Sure was. So, I mean, I'm happy that we got Kyle Schwerber, but he's not, he's not even, I don't think he's even on the level of Anthony Rizzo in terms of how he could possibly impact this team. Awesome. I don't know. I think Kyle Schwarber is a solid move. Can't go wrong with a power lefty bat in this lineup. It's going to be an interesting decision in the field, but I trust Alex Cora. The man pulls all the strings, and he pulls the right strings. So I think we just kind of need to let this play out. He's obviously – the given is that he's going to be great at the plate. The question is the field, and the question is who gets left out. But fortunately, we still have another – Two months left of the season for these things to work out. The Sox aren't going anywhere. They're going to keep raking. They're going to keep winning games. So if you can take those two months, prepare yourself for the postseason. And then once you hit the postseason, it's just all guns firing. Well, it's a good problem to have. And we talked about it coming out of spring training was like, you know, if you want to play for this team, there's open spots, but you got to compete for them. Right. And it's the same thing right now. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing. It pushes guys to work harder. Unfortunately, one of those guys is out of the mix. Michael Chavis sent off to Pittsburgh. Uh, we'll give some some more of our first reactions. Or like our, our, yeah. yeah, I'll, uh, I'll uh, mention Steve, the in a second. But one more thing is that Austin just said that the given for Kyle Schwarber is that he's going to be great at the plate. And I would say that the hope for Kyle Schwarber is that he's going to be great at the plate. And if you look at his career numbers, he's a career like 230 hitter. And this guy can honestly come back in two weeks or whenever he's going to come back because I don't think he's that close. He could come back and just hit 200 for us, potentially. But that's that's like I mean, totally yeah. in the realm of possibility where he just doesn't produce. But I'll it's like fear with everybody, though. You trade for, I don't know, anybody. That's true. But it's like the difference. Trade for, sign Carl Crawford. Expect him to be great. Hits like 200. He was not. Wait, you guys ready for something? What? Mm-hmm. Carl Crawford was not great. He was not good. He wasn't yeah. good. But I think the difference. I hate to break that to you eight years later, but he was not good. Kyle Schwerber is a little different than a guy like Joey Gallo, though, where you're like, I'm comfortable with who Joey Gallo is as a player. And Kyle Schwerber, his track record isn't necessarily that with the most proven well, exactly, and that's why he was with the Nationals this year because the Cubs didn't even tenure him. In fact, I remember talking about who some of the biggest guys who didn't get offered a contract, um, like an arbitration contract this past offseason. Kyle Schwarber was one of them. Uh, he signed the one-year prove-it deal with the Nationals. He's certainly been proving it one healthy, but as Steve mentioned, that was only like a month's play. Are we going to get that month from Schwarber in late September into October? Or are we going to get the guy who's hurt? Or are we going to get the guy who likes to swing and miss a lot? Like, you don't know. 
I mean, but the other thing to, I will other say thing to this, keep in mind. But I will say this. Go ahead, go ahead. Someone is hammering away. I would rather have him than Franchi, no matter what. So I think it's an Fair. upgrade either way. Fair. We are overlooking, though, that Franchi, not Franchi, Schwarber hit over 400 in the World Series five years ago. He Oh, right. He tore his ACL and then came back just for the World Series. And roped baseball. Yes, yes, he did. I forgot about that. Yeah, he tore, he blew his knee out like the second game of the season. Yep. I think that was in Arizona, if I remember. Something like that. Yeah, he only played yeah. two, two, five at-bats in 2016. And then, yeah, he came back just in time for the World Series. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe he'll be great. Maybe he'll be a completely non-factor by the time the postseason rolls around. But, but I guess the one I'll- guy we don't need to worry about slotting into this lineup anymore is the ice horse himself, Michael Chavis. Very sad. Rest in peace. Very sad. I love Michael Chavis. I've, I've met him twice. He's a great guy. He's always very nice to the fans. Wasn't always very nice to the baseballs on the fields. Uh, sometimes let them get the best of him. But I'm going to miss him overall more as a person rather than a player. If I'm being honest, like when he came up the first month, he was like raking the ball and hitting it all over. But I mean, since then, I think he's only hit like eight or nine home runs in two years. He's had his opportunities to kind of, you know, bust through, become a starter. You know, I, I think as I've said, I said this before, I've said this all season. Uh, I just see him as another Travis Shaw, as a guy who kind of just gets pushed out, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, he got traded to the Pirates for Austin Davis or Davies. Is it Davies or Davis? I, uh, I believe it I, is I think, I think Davis. It's Davis. Yeah. He has this season 10 games, 0 and 1, the 559 ERA, ERA, and only 9.2 innings pitched. With a 1.14 whip. His career numbers are not great either. <laughs> I won't lie. Well, I mean, neither of Chavis's, to be fair. Yeah. So, like, what are you going to expect, right? I will say this the one thing that really sticks out to me, despite his high ERA, is he's got a whip at 1.13, which is really good, which means when he allows people on base, they score. But he doesn't allow a lot of people on base. And also, he's a lefty who, you know, we got Darwin's in, we got Josh Taylor, but can always use another lefty. Yeah. So, I mean, for Ice Horse, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Going to miss him? Yes. Does it affect the team that much? No. Do we think this this Austin Davis character, we think he's going to slide into the, to the bullpen? And if so, who's getting sent down? Injuries. He's hurt. Good. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow. Okay. Not, Nancy not good. Kerrigan? Would you Nancy Kerrigan him? Just not good. I just don't want him on the roster. Well, well I mean, that right. still means, honestly, I'd rather have him on the roster because that means you would send him down. So right now our bullpen consists of. But we got uh, another guy. Yeah. We also got Hansel Robles. Who is three second and four season, veteran. Three and four this season with a four nine one. In uh, 44 innings pitched, the 139 whip. I think he can make starts. Uh, he has a large sample size in his career. At times, he's been good. Got a 403 career ERA, which, in all reality, is not awful. 
it's low four, very low four. Oh, borderline three, I'd say. I'd say borderline three. And I think that he can either be pretty decent or really bad. And only time will tell. And it's just depth. It's just depth. So it's quite the scope you gave this guy, Steve. He's either going to be great or very bad. Nothing in between. Covering your bases. Covering all of the bases. <laughs> yeah. Could be good, um, could be bad. Yeah, who knows? Do uh, I know Robles probably doesn't have any – yeah, he doesn't have any minor league options. Maybe we'll see Davis in the minors, Robles on the team. Only guy that really sticks out to me in the bullpen right now is being the guy who you send down is Yaxel Rios. Hey, Jock. He's hey, been kind of good, though. Yeah, he's been fine. Low-key, been kind of good. He's been fine. Uh, yes. And yeah, he's been, uh, he's been, he's been fine. Do we, here, here's another question for you. This, this, this one I think is going to start some debate. So with the, the acquisition of these two guys, Halk just got sent back down. Uh, Did he for next really? Year. Well, yeah, Wait, but he's, he's coming back up next week. He's coming back up next week. Why even send him down then? Because well, because he just started, so you call someone else up to get a fresh arm or a fresh bat. Because otherwise, he's just going to sit on the bench. You're ruining his mental state. This poor dude just gets sent Worcester, Boston, Worcester, Boston, Worcester, Boston. I saw. I drove past Polar Park for the first time yesterday. Very nice stadium. Very nice stadium. Uh, All right. Well, I guess continue your thought, partner. Well, when Hal comes back up, that means. So when, when you call a guy up, someone else has to go back down. I'm familiar for, with how that works, yes. Okay, cool. Just making sure. Um, so I, I could see Connor Wong. Uh, he was the extra. Wait, Ara Ooze is up too right now? I guess. Hold on. What is going on? Okay, never mind. There's a couple guys you could send down, I guess. But so once, once the position players get healthy, obviously Ara Ooze will go back down. Wong will go back down. Maybe Duran. We'll see. Uh, but do you think now with these extra bullpen pieces, Sale coming back, Hout coming back, that that could mean the end for Garrett Richards or Martin Perez? Could it? Sure. It could. Well, it could. It could. Do, you, do you think it will end? Be do there. I think it will? Probably not, to be honest. He'll I find a way. Someone will go down see... with a, a flexor injury or something. I don't think we see either of them move on. Until the end of the season, I think for the regular season we're gonna keep seeing those two. Yeah. But when the postseason comes, I I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see either of them. I would. Well, I don't think Eric Richards is gonna make the postseason roster. No. Yeah. I could see Martin Perez sneaking in there as like the last guy, but wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't. I would have liked to see the Red Sox personally get another starting pitcher. I think that would have been cool for a couple of reasons because right now. You have Nate Evaldi, who is a legitimate major league starter. You have Nick Pavetta, who is pretty okay. The good at times. You have Garrett Richards. Yeah, you have Garrett Richards, who is terrible. He's just awful at his job. His job is to be good, and he's not. Steve, he's he's not bringing the good stuff. No, no. I would say the opposite. I I would actually say the opposite. He's bad. Martin Perez, also not great. Not great. Not great. Not great last night against the Rays. No, not great. Not very great against the Yankees either. 
No. No, he, he's, as, so, like, he's so prime for four and two thirds, four runs, three walks, eight hits, like that, like two strikeouts. Like that's just a Perez line right there. And then Eddie. Eddie's been bad. better. He's, he's, no, he's, he got shelled the other day. Yeah, he got shelled against the Blue Jays. But other than that, he's been better recently. Yeah, he's been better, but that's compared to being terrible. Right. So, well, I mean, way... obviously, Eddie is going to, like, stay on the on the roster, like, in the rotation. But Christopher Sale, you you don't know what you're going to get. Obviously, he's being hyped up unbelievably by the media and the Red Sox and himself. But at the end of the day, if that's not the case, if he's not being hyped up by all these, like, parties – then what are we doing here? You know, you got to, no matter how he looks, say that he looks great. And he, his stat lines are great in Portland in double A, but you're Chris Sale. And if your stat lines aren't great in double A, then again, there's something wrong. So there's no question. I don't, I, there's personally, I, I don't know what he's going to look like. Nobody. I think he, not, are, you, are you a little worried about him? Am I worried? Yeah. I'm, I'm hesitant to be confident. I would say. Are you seriously? In Chris Sale? Are really? you not? Dude, I, I couldn't be more confident about him. You're, you have no res- – you're not reserved at all in terms of how he's going to perform. Honestly, no. I'm not worried at all. I think he's going to come in. Do I think he's going to be the Chris Sale, Chris Sale of striking out 15 batters a night that we saw in 2017 and 2018? No. But do I think he's going to be a legitimate number one? Yeah, absolutely. I think that he could be, but – He's coming off of Tommy John. He isn't pitched in a long time. And when he was pitching, he was injured and looked terrible. But I don't think that you can be 100% confident, even 90% confident that he's going to be a legitimate number one. I think, honestly, at most, he's going to be a solid number two. And at worst, he's going to be bad. So only time will tell with that. So the starting rotation is full of question marks. And if we went out and got a guy like Barrios who cost a lot, he did. A lot. Number two prospect in a system. And I don't think we can afford that. So, no. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, good on you, Haim. But the starting rotation is not really it. And I probably would have more confidence in a guy like Tanner Houck making starts for this team than a lot of other guys, even though. Even a guy like, as I mentioned, like John Lester, like bringing a veteran like that for, for cheap. Yeah, I just wanted another arm that wasn't Garrett Richards or Martin Perez. And we didn't receive. So, I mean, I think this episode is going to be titled In Heim We Trust because that's all we really can do right now. Yep. Trust, trust Heim. Heim knows best. I don't know, though. We'll see. Hi, Clausen. How are you feeling about Chris Hill? Um, In Heim, I trust. In Cora, I trust. This, This team stole a wagon. I'm really not that worried. Chris Sale's coming back. Um, once we hit the postseason, all these these guys that we're worried about just get weeded out. So yep. if you can manage your way through the next two months and you can put a, a roster together, which shouldn't be difficult for this team, so just talent out the wazoo on this roster. You yeah. got to cut guys for the postseason. You can kind of cut cut the fat out. And then once you're in the postseason, you can just start rolling. What does our Talking. postseason roster look like to you? What's that rotation like? I mean, Chris Sale is obviously the ace. And then you go Erod, Pavetta, Hauk. No Evaldi. 
Evaldi too. I forgot about Evaldi. You're gonna have yeah. I mean, Evaldi probably gets the the bump over Hauk. I wouldn't be surprised if Hauk Hauk's turns in into pen. like the Garrett Whitlock. I wouldn't be surprised if um if uh Hauk is like the Porcello of 2018. Yeah, like he's like the fifth guy, first guy out of the pen. I wouldn't be surprised if he was like the um the Madison Bumgarner of 2014, where he yeah. just like your starter goes four innings. And then you turn it over to Tanner Houck, and he gets you three. Uh-huh. And then you can leave it up to Ottavino and Barnes to just close out the game. And Whitlock. And Whitlock. I think yeah. he's going to be the Swiss Army knife. Hopefully. I mean, do you guys have confidence in that rotation of Chris yeah. Sale, Evaldi, Pavetta, and Eron? I think he gets it done. Um, right, well, picture this. I mean, they got to step up, of course. They, I, can't, they yeah. can't be pitching with an ERA in the fives, but I think that there's uh, there's good confidence in me. Sale and e- like if Sale and Evaldi go and don't do well, I think we're screwed. But and overall, we I'm we have to win the division, don't you think? Yes. Well, yeah. Like if we go to the wild card, that's a tough road. We play the Yankees. Ugh. I don't feel I don't, just that right. scenario just pops in my head for the first time all season that if we make the wild card, we might have to play the Yankees. Garrett Cole. And we've had Garrett Cole's number this season pretty well. We have. But Garrett Cole's name itself scares me a little bit in a one game elimination. And I think that if we go into a wild card situation, that has to be a hundred percent a bullpen game. Yeah, it's you throw everything at the table that you can because you you worry about the next round when you get to it. But if you can't get to it, then yeah, it's like Avaldi for three, Hauk for two, Whitlock for two, and then it's like Ottavino Barnes. Right. Well, here's the deal. Well, I well we can talk more about this if we get to the wild card game. But like, I, mean, I know what you the mean. Things that I'm thinking about now that the everybody else is reloaded. It feels like yeah well that's the thing that we haven't even really mentioned is that like every other team in the alias made like multiple big moves uh you know the rays brought in nelson cruz they sold a couple pieces but like the rays know what they're doing the blue jays bring in barrios um who else did they bring in wasn't there someone else mm, i think maybe, so maybe not well i think there was but and then the Yankees, you know, they also brought in Andrew Heaney, which is like that would have been another perfect arm for the Red Sox. Um, and obviously Rizzo, Gallo. So it's like I'm still confident in this team. And I said last week that that they didn't need to make a move. But when other teams are making multiple moves, that's when you got to step up and make a move. Yeah. And you have to make moves almost like the Yankees did with Rizzo, I think, where you get Rizzo, so we don't get Rizzo, you know? Right. No, I almost think that that's more what the Yankees were doing there. Yeah. And then, Pretty much. Yeah. God forbid that we face the Los Angeles Dodgers in the World Series. Yeah, that to do a seven-game series facing Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw, Max Scherzer, Urias. That's really scary, and I don't want to think about that. But I digress. Let's hope the Padres, Giants, or Mets, or Brewers could just take care of them first. I said the Giants have magic. I believe. 
they're insane. I look at their roster and I'm like, who sticks out here besides like Yaz and, you know, Chris Bryant Crawford. Well, now Chris Bryant, but I mean, still like Gosman's having a great year. They're just, uh, they're having a little magical run, magical run in an odd year. Who would have thought, but uh, yeah. Any other thoughts on the trade deadline before we swing into the second half? It's behind us. The playoff push is officially on. It is officially on. It is officially on. Yeah. Overall, I'm fine. I'm fine with Schwarber. Um, we'll see where he fits in. But essentially, as of right now, we're pushing on with the same team that we had. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw the sentence out there that this was the episode where I ask questions. I show, you know, a little bit of hesitancy in this team. But from this point on, it's going to be I believe in this roster and we're going to be okay. We're going to be, I think we'll be fine. We'll be fine. We're going to be, we're going to be good. We're still good. We're still good. We're still good. We're still good. Clausen, you got any notes for us? Yeah. I mean, I got one. Pull it up. Is it one of quality? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's one of conversation. Let's hear it. The Olympics are going on. I've had quite the time. Staying up late watching those weird Olympic sports. Um, canoe slalom has become a new favorite of mine. That's pretty cool, um, right? It is pretty sick. If you haven't checked it out, I would recommend it. But my question is, do you think that the MLB should break for the Olympics and send guys over? Nah. No. Not enough time. Unless they would have to shorten the schedule for that. Yeah, the season's already so long. It's not like the NHL where like, they already have a bunch of off days so they can just condense it a little bit. Unless they this, also, this also brings up the question. I guess the the result would be that you can now work with a shorter season in the MLB. You can cut it to like 142 games. Yeah, but are you doing that once every four years? It's not like the Olympics are a yearly thing. Well, right. So once every four years, you just have a shortened season? And then it's like you have the world Where Series. you shorten it all. You look at yeah. more off days. Well, that was an not, Olympic year. Not for the Olympics. Yeah. I don't you're, think you're like, you're, you look at who won the World Series and you're like, well, that was an Olympic year. So it's Yeah. I, no. Nope. So you think it makes an asterisk? It's different. Kind of, yeah. It's different. Right. Interesting. Yeah. That's all we got. Also, you know who we forgot, what we forgot to mention? Brandon Workman got DFA'd. Yeah. 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 He's gone. That's it. Yeah, but, but, but we, tr- we tried it out again. Didn't really work out. It's like trying to get back together with your ex. You're like, yeah, no, that's stuff. It wasn't smart. Not the same anymore. Yep. Yep. Damage goods. Um, all right. Alex Corey, Impact Player of the Week. What do we got? Um, I have to stick with old reliable Kike Hernandez. Because he was Player bang. of the Month, right? Uh, player of the Week. Player of the Week. Player of the Week. Player of the Week. So I'm going to give him a cool, calm 0.69 because he's been banging. He's been banging. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I'm going to go with Yaxel Rios. Yak? (laughs) Not a bad choice. He's got a 2.08 ERA this past week, three games, 4.1 innings pitched, five strikeouts. He's going to get a 0.55 from me i'm gonna go a little unconventional in my choice not necessarily a player but he sure is impactful and that's heim bloom mm-hmm. and i'm gonna it's give heim bloom 
a point seven 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 because I'm hoping that we just hit the jackpot on the slots right now. Oh, Steve. Yeah. Wow. Poetic, one yeah. might say. Here we go. And Heim, we trust. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Let's go. Yep. Here we Pull go. Slots. Let's hope. Let's hope, baby. All right. I've actually got a sick idea for a graphic now. Um, all right. We got uh, the next segment, questions with Matt. <laughs> questions with Matt. Nobody else wants to participate. <laughs> uh, the first and only question today comes in from Matt. Wait, are you telling me? <laughs> you telling me that in questions from Matt, the first and only question is from is Matt. From, <laughs> from Matt. Yeah, yeah. I'm hitting him with a follow back on Instagram. This kid. Oh, uh, I we I feel like that should have. That's that's long overdue. Long overdue. All right. Uh, the question actually we got two. We got a question and a bonus question this week with questions oh, wow. of Matt. Maybe we should have Matt on at some point. This is good. No, we totally. Should. <laughs> um first question comes in this one i love what's your order when you get ice cream little known fact or widely known fact i don't really know gardner works at an ice cream shop i do i'm pretty sure a lot of people know that but probably uh i have a follow-up question for the for you gardner after yes uh well the thing is is i don't really order ice cream a lot because i i look at ice cream all the time yeah i mean i'll sample it but I don't really like make it, but I'm a big black raspberry guy. I like the Oreo. Um, can never go wrong. We just got gummy bears at the store. I know kind of, kind of a little late to that, but gummy bears on ice cream are good. I also like the chocolate sprinkles or the Jimmy's, whatever you call them. They're totally called Jimmy's, but I think they're sprinkles, but, uh, you're from, yeah, which is like a man. Right. Exactly. It literally doesn't exist. And, uh, yeah, I would say a little black raspberry, uh, we have this one flavor called chocolate lace, which what that is that? totally gives away where I'm, where I work because it's the one of a kind flavor. Well, as I put it, every time someone asks 12 times a shift, it's a sweet cream ice cream with caramelized sugar candy covered in dark chocolate. Nice. It's very Sounds good. pretty good. It's our best seller. So that's, that's, that's the ice cream. That's my go-to. Uh, when I get ice cream. I usually get a black and white frap. Not a huge, I mean, I like hard ice cream, like normal, just everyday run-of-the-mill ice cream. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'd probably sooner get soft serve. And even before yeah. that, I usually get a frap. So. Yeah, we only have hard ice cream. I love the soft serve, but I just never really have it. And milkshakes are good, <laughs> too. Love, love a good Oreo milkshake. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, usually a big frap guy myself as well. Um, but if I get ice cream, then I usually go purple cow, which is always a pretty solid choice. I have no um, idea what that is either. Yeah. <laughs> it's like black rat. It's, it's raspberry with like, um, white chocolate chips in it. Ooh, wicked cool. good. Wicked good. If um, I get paradise cream though, I get coffee ice cream, but not to cut you off. Austin, I apologize. Um, and then my other choice is usually always like Milky Way. Cause that's, that's hard to beat. Where do you Chocolate with caramel doesn't get beat. Where do you get this? These flavors. There's a couple ice cream shops near my house. Yeah, local, local establishments. That's how I do. Shop, eat local. Support your local business. That's right. Gardner's gone. I don't know what the other question with Matt is. I also was going to ask Gardner a question, a follow-up question, and uh, he's not here anymore. 
He's not here anymore. Just major what's, your, what's your least favorite ice cream? My least favorite ice cream? Yeah. One, one that like you'll get, but you're like, only if like it's the only thing. Vanilla. Yeah, me too. Not to hate on vanilla, though. There's nothing wrong with it, yeah. but there's just nothing like good about it. Yeah, we're talking about you, Gardner, actually, right now. Mm. Nothing wrong with it, but there's also right. just nothing good about it. Cool. Yeah, just grab my water. <laughs> my follow-up uh, question for you, wait, hold on, was yes. what is your least favorite order to serve people at your Oh, ice my God. Well, I hate making milkshakes. Super <laughs> annoying. Uh, especially when they get malt, like malt and peanut butter in there. It's like, come on. Yeah. Um, what else? What do I hate making? Sundays are kind of annoying. Big scoops, huh? So, yeah. Um, what was the right. bonus question? The bonus question was, uh, what's the craziest comeback you've ever seen slash been a part of, Clausen? Um, been a part of, I would say, well, I mean, scene has to be the 28, three Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. It's like greatest comeback ever, but the greatest comeback I've seen in person with my own two eyes has to be last Sunday's game against the Yankees. Yeah. Like those are both really good answers. Have I been a part of many great comebacks in my life? No. One time. I made a significant comeback in cornhole. That was good. There were no cameras though, so you know to take that account. Yeah. I don't know if I've been to a big well, I was at the PGA event when Jordan Spieth hit that winning shot out of the bunker. You were there? Yeah, I was on the eighteenth hole. No way. Yeah, in twenty seventeen at the Travelers. I would have lost it. That was pretty sick. I don't know how much of a comeback that was, but I feel like that's that's about as close as I've seen in person. It's cool. Close out the ninth. Wait, I make baseball fun. Oh, right. Baseball is fun. Steve, what are you going to do to make it fun? Um, personally? Me? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Okay, cool. Produce this podcast. Yeah. I think that's baseball fun. Let's keep it going. It certainly is fun. I, I think it makes baseball fun. And I hope you guys listening out there do too. If you made it this far into the episode, I, I think you might. Yeah. Um, my big baseball fun was a little situation that happened uh, during the White Sox game the other day. I'm trying to remember. I think it was against the Brewers. It was Brewers-White Sox. And I don't know if anybody saw it, but um, the Brewers exploited a loophole in the rule book of the MLB. And Corbin Burns was on the mound, bases loaded, and somehow I think that he he walked a guy or some other thing happened where everybody on the bases moved one base each and usually when the bases are loaded uh no it was like it was a swinging ground it was a swinging bunt I believe because this is important to the situation swinging bunt guy on third comes down to home uh there was an errant throw by whoever picked up the ball, whether it was the catcher or Corbin Burns, that almost hit the home plate umpire. So he took his eye off of home plate, where I believe Yo Moncada was crossing to look at where the ball was going. And Yo Moncada missed home plate completely. And the 
Brewers saw that he did in fact miss home plate, which no matter what is an out if you exits the base path. So what the Brewers did to exploit this or and get a review under was they called a mound visit, looked at the review, the replay a lot to make sure that he missed home plate. They um, had Corbin Burns step off of the mound, appeal the call by throwing to home plate and having the catcher step on home, which would have activated the force out. The umpire called him safe again. And then at that point, the Brewers could now challenge the appeal at home plate. So because they called a mound visit, they couldn't outright challenge the play at home, the call at home that initially happened, but they could, since they appealed, challenge the call on the appeal. So it was a big loophole. And Tony Rusa was not happy about this. You're muted, Gardner. I'm muted, yeah. I can't imagine that he was. He was he was not happy because he likes rules and thought that that was breaking one of them and had uh, the umpires call to New York and ask him, hey, is that allowed? And the people in New York said, as a matter of fact, it is. And the White Sox lost a run because of it. But then the next batter, Corbin Burns, walked another guy. So ball don't lie, I guess. Sweet. Way to make uh, baseball confusing. Yeah, pretty weird. Make baseball confusing again. Hopefully you could follow that and picture what I was telling you. Here's a question. If you were at that game and you needed groceries, how would you get them? At the game? At the game? Yeah. How would you get groceries if you were at the game and you needed to get them? Well, I mean, one thing that I can think of is like, you probably wouldn't be at the game when you're at groceries. Right. I mean, if you were hungry at the game, you wouldn't go and like order groceries. But you'd probably get a hot dog. You might be able to. No, I mean, you can just buy food at the park. Yeah. But if you were like, you know, afternoon game, you got to eat dinner, don't want to go out. Right. To go eat. I guess in like the eighth inning. You could order your groceries and then have them delivered to your house. Well, you could order them even later because the the thing I'm thinking of, it's delivery in under an hour. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, bottom of the ninth, you could start ordering your groceries. Right. And they'll be there. Uh, it sounds like one hell of a service. Do you, know, do you know if such a service exists, Gardner or Steve? I believe there's one called Instacart. Is there? Yes. You ever heard of it, Steve? I think so, but I would like a refresher. Well, I mean, for you, Steve. Instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient you need to make your famous dish while watching the Sox game or forgot to pick up groceries while you're at the ballpark. Order it through Instacart. Delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour. You can shop multiple stores, see details in your area that will help you save money. Every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the most specific needs. Always handle with care to make sure everything gets to you in one piece. And to spark your summer celebration with some free delivery on your first order, $35 or more via Instacart. Of course, delivery subject to availability in terms of apply. Use the link in our show notes for the offer and help support your boys at Gone Bridge. Instacart. Woo! Never step foot in a grocery store again. Again. Choked on some spit. Um, <laughs> no free ad this week. I'm home from Wyoming. I'm not on a moose anymore. I got out of the tree okay. 
and on a yeah. moose in a tree. Yep. It was impressive, man. You should have seen it. It was like standing on it was like standing on its hoof, like balancing. You know how big moose are? They're huge. They're enormous. Right. Very enormous. Very big. It's like imagine for those of you at home, imagine how big a moose is, and then it's bigger than that. It's 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 bigger than you think. Bigger than you think. Uh all right, closing out the ninth. What do we got? Why are we playing at six today? As Okay. <laughs> I just choked on my own breath. Uh, yeah, I saw that too and wondered. I have no idea. The, the rules fly out the window when you're in Tampa. Yeah, I hate the trap. Uh, I honestly don't really have anything. Just let's go win some games. Go yeah, on. come out of this series with, uh, with a W. We'll be okay. Moving on. We will be okay. I think that's the... That's the general theme of the episode. We're going to be okay, but anyways, we appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, if you like what you listen to, don't forget to follow us at Gombridge Podcasts on Instagram and Gombridge on Twitter. Don't forget to download the episodes wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever. And we will be back next week with episode 44. See ya! <laughs>